0: If you have any form of social media or watch the news frequently, you've probably seen the glory stories of young and old alike who have hearing or speaking impairments, or they may have a vision impairment. And through technology, they're given their sight or their hearing or the ability to speak for the first time. These stories and moments are usually filled with tears of joy of those who now experience the world in such a new manner. And just watching them, you yourself might even be brought to tears. But you ever ask yourself, what is that moment like? I mean, try to put yourself in their shoes for a moment. What would it be like to go your whole life without seeing? And then be given the chance to see for the first time? Or what would it be like to go your whole life without hearing one sound? and then one day be given the ability to hear. Maybe hear someone say hello for the first time. How are you? Or maybe hear the words I love you for the first time. Or what would it be like to go your whole life without being able to speak, to communicate, and then be given the chance to speak and say hello? How are you? Or even to tell someone that you love them. So put yourself in the shoes of the man today in our gospel. He cannot hear or speak. It's very difficult to do because, as we take it for granted, but just imagine, you cannot express yourself. You're unable to communicate. You're unable to articulate your feelings, your experiences, your expressions, and so much more. And let's remember back then they didn't have the gift of sign language. So literally, you were unable to communicate with someone else. And so with this, and something more radical for us to ponder, is that without communication, in one sense, we're unable to be in communion with others. Communication, by the very word itself, shows us is a form of communion. So to be deprived of your ability to hear and to speak causes a lot of loneliness and isolation. Now that we have maybe put ourselves in that man's shoes just a little bit, let's recall the gospel story. First, we take notice that the man was brought to Jesus by others. And from this moment, the gospel is already, in a sense, breaking open. Why? If you think about it, try being that man, and they're trying to tell you that they're going to bring you to someone. He has no clue what's going on. But he gives just a little faith, and he finds himself in front of the creator of the universe. He surrenders to their desires, their wishes, and now he's in front of Jesus. And the people, the crowds, want Jesus to lay his hands on them, on the man. And Jesus has done this once before as he's healed people by laying his hands. He's also healed from a distance by just saying, let them be healed. The widow's son, the centurion's servant, where they return and they find their child or their servant healed. So he can do this, but Jesus chooses not to. Rather, he took the man off by himself, away from the crowd. You see, our Lord wants a one-on-one with this man. He doesn't want this healing to be a show for all the crowds, not that his healings are, but this one he wants to be different. Maybe once we hear the beginning of the story, right, they brought a deaf and mute man, we immediately tune out because we know the end of the story. Right, we hear about a lame person comes to Jesus, A deaf man comes to Jesus, we say, well, he's about to heal him. But maybe the details can give us a really good clue into something that you and I can take away from this gospel. As Paul Harvey would say, we think we know the rest of the story. But let me ask you something. When Deacon proclaimed the gospel, did you get a puzzling look on your face? Or did you ask yourself, what did he just do? Because in essence, what Jesus did was he took his fingers and he put his fingers in the ear of the man. Then he spit on his hand and with his spit-filled fingers put his hand in the mouth of this guy and touched his tongue. Raise your hand if you would let a stranger do that to you. I see no hands. Didn't think so. There's something bizarre going on here. And then Jesus pronounces that Aramaic word, Ephatha, be opened. And by that action, the man is able to hear and to speak plainly. I don't know if we have any speech therapists in our congregation today, but they will tell you that when someone is unable to hear and thus unable to speak, they have a rather limited vocabulary, if a vocabulary at all, and they have to be taught. It's a long process to be able to move their muscles like they should. To be articulate their words as they should. It doesn't just happen like that. But with Jesus, it does. And the people are all excited and they proclaim that He's done all these things well. And they're astonished by the miracle, it says. But their astonishment is for a particular reason. And Mark tells tells us this. They were astonished because he makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. And so we have to ask ourselves, why does this miracle in particular strike them? Well, let's go back in time a little bit. Let's go back all the way to Genesis. God in the creation of man and of Adam breathed into him the ability to speak. From His creation, He gave him the ability to speak thoroughly and plainly. Just like that. And then we look at our first reading from Isaiah. And Isaiah has this to say about the Messiah. Say to those whose hearts are frightened, be strong, fear not. Here is your God. He comes to save you. Then... Will the ears of the death be cleared? Then the tongue of the mute will sing. The prophecy of Isaiah, thousands of years before that, is coming to fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Here is your God. And you're asking, how they know that their God is before them? The ears of the death will be cleared, and the tongue of the mute will sing. That's how they know. And now God does it again. Jesus, you could say, the new Adam, coming to usher in the new creation, takes this mute man, this deaf man, gives him this hearing, and gives him the ability to speak plainly. And do not the people, as they take the deaf man and mute man, in a sense, say to him, do not be afraid, be strong, Do they not present him to Jesus and say, Here is your God. And what does our God do? He takes him by himself. He draws him away from the crowd. He draws him away from the world. He brings him close to heal him, to give him his hearing and his speech. If this is for the deaf man, so too it is for us. Because all of us are deaf due to sin. All of us have ears of our hearts and souls closed by original sin. But God, and by our baptism, through the healing waters of baptism, opens our ears. Opens our mouths of our hearts so we can hear his word and speak his truth. In a sense, our baptism was the first time Jesus took us away from the world. He drew us to Himself. He wanted us to come close to Him. And He healed us so we can hear Him and we can speak His truth. Yet as we know, we're still inclined to have our ears of our hearts plugged up by the wax of the world. And through our personal sin, we've allowed it to build up and drown out the voice of God. Because of this, our speech is impaired. We're, un- we're unable to speak God's word. Moreover, our speech is so impaired that we are no longer confident to evangelize those around us, to speak the truth of the church, of the scriptures. So what is a remedy for this deafness? What is a remedy for our muteness? It's prayer. Because, my brothers and sisters, precisely in prayer do we let Jesus take us aside. It's precisely in prayer we let Jesus take us away from the world. To have that one-on-one with just us. To have that personal encounter with just Him. And He doesn't want prayer to be a show, nor does He want it to be impersonal. He wants to touch us, to speak to us, and he wants us to have a real communion with him. You see, the crowds wanted a quick fix Lord, lay your hands on him. But Jesus wanted to get close with him, he wanted to encounter him, to touch him, to let him know he was real. My brothers and sisters, it's through prayer that Jesus heals us of our deafness that we might hear his whisper. He heals our muteness that we might sing his praises so that we can speak to him heart to heart. When's the last time you had a heart to heart conversation with Jesus? Or does your prayer simply look like a transaction at the ATM? Press a couple buttons. Give me what what I need, Lord. When's the last time you had a heart-to-heart with Jesus? Let us not forget the order in which he heals him. First his ears, then his mouth. And let us not forget the designs of our own creator, that he gave us two ears and one mouth. We should listen twice as much as we speak to him. Our brothers and sisters, prayer is about a relationship. It's not about a monologue. Prayer is about communion, not about isolation. Prayer is about a relationship, not using God. And so how do we do this? This, my brothers and sisters, takes us to be intentional with our time to place time aside where we're silent and Jesus can take us by ourselves and we can speak to him heart to heart. Yes, life can be crazy with a family, with kids screaming all over the place. But what would it say to your God if you made every effort to have 10 minutes with him? What you could say to your Lord and your Savior If his 10 minutes was the most important 10 minutes of your day, he gave you three hours crucified on the cross. Our brothers and sisters, we need that silence because the noise of the world is going to drown out the voice of God. It's going to cause us to be deaf to his voice. We need this. Our souls crave this. And ask any person who cannot hear or speak. They would long to be able to have those gifts. And those people who have experienced regaining their gift or having that gift for the first time, they'll tell you life is so much richer being able to speak and to hear. It makes life so much more full. The very same thing is with us and our souls. When our souls are opened, and we can hear God's voice, and we can speak to him plainly. We can have our heart-to-heart with him. Right now, more than ever, my brothers and sisters, we need prayers, people who pray. Do we not? We need people who pray, because right now, something else is happening. Our church right now is being drawn aside by Jesus, too. And he's having some strong words for our church. He's digging in the ears of the church right now, saying, Ephatha, be opened. He's spitting in his hand and touching the tongues of its leaders and saying, you speak the word of truth. The teachings of the church. The teachings of me. And so, as members of the church, we too need to be set aside and we need to be pray herbs because that's what we need right now in our church and in our world. Our brothers and sisters, prayer is none other than our gospel today. Letting Jesus take us aside, away from the world, let him get close, let him get personal with us, and let him say, Ephatha, be opened. Let Jesus exceedingly astonish you in your prayer.